Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Doing good this morning. I, uh, I'm excited to share an email I received this week from one of the teachers at Leesburg High School. For those of you, maybe it's your first time here, we just gave all of the teachers at Leesburg High School $100 gift cards, and Office Depot matched it with a 20% off that they can use not only now, but for the rest of the year. So I got this email this week. Just want to read it to you. Good morning, Church of the Lakes. Uh, we want to thank you for the much appreciated and needed gift of $120. So she's not a math teacher, but she put that together. That's good. We were able to purchase lots of supplies. Uh, while all of the purchased items will be useful, we are especially grateful for the wireless presentation mouse we were able to purchase for our chemistry room. It will enable our teachers to present material while circulating around the room to help us as we work through chemistry concepts. Have a blessed day and know that we will be thinking of you and your gift every time we use our new equipment. Sincerely, Mrs. Sampson's chemistry class, Leesburg High School. So there you go. I uh, just wanted you guys to hear. And as we get more in, we'll, uh, we'll have the opportunity to, uh, to share those with you. But uh, I'm excited to continue our study today through the book of James. And I don't know if you've been reading the book, if you've been working on it with us or not, but it's a tough book. Like, is anybody, if you've been kind of tracking, this is, this is, this is not like for the lighthearted. You know what I mean? Like James is kind of like, he says, Hey, how you doing? And then he jumps right in. Um, and it's, it's just kind of right off the bat. And today, uh, we're kind of into it a little bit all over again, but I was thinking about, as I've been trying to study this and process and think, I like to try to think beyond, I don't want to get too crazy because you can get unbiblical. Uh, but I started thinking even more about, is there anybody here who is a middle child? Are there any middle? Or maybe you have an older sibling. Okay. Now, not always true, but a lot of the time what ends up happening is, is the older sibling is like that driven overachiever. They do all this sort of stuff. And the middle child can kind of feel like you're, I don't know, maybe a little left behind or like you get the left or, you know, you get the hand-me-downs, right? They get new clothes and you get the hand-me-downs. Like you get the sandals that you have to like stick the little thing back through and put a, you know, pin to hold the, the, the little tongue and that kind of thing. Um, and I started thinking about that and I thought it occurred to me uh, this week, um, James was that to Jesus. If you think about it, James was actually the oldest of the rest of the kids. So James was number two um, in, the, in Joseph and, and Mary's family. So it's, it's kind of crazy to think about the dynamic of what it's like for those of you who have an older sibling or uh, you're a middle child to think about um, what that would be like to go from the older brother that seems like they're favored. And, and I mean, come on, you're, if your older brother is Jesus and never sins, come on, man. You, you know what I mean? Like you got to be, James has got to be like, do I ever get a break? You, you know, kind of a thing. And to go from that, that sort of that um, scenario here to then saying he's God. Like that, 
that, that's mind-blowing, right? Um, and so when you start thinking about reading this book, uh, there's a part of it to me that when I look at it and I think about that concept, I don't know, it just puts a little bit more importance on this book. Like, I, I just put a little more significance. If this is the brother of Jesus who did not believe that he was God up until the resurrection, right? I mean, so all the time, like, I mean, James probably, he at least heard about it if he didn't see Jesus heal. Um, it was kind of a family outing when they went to the, the uh, wedding and Jesus turned water into wine, right? And, and, and think about that scene. So how many of you guys have a mom and, and mom's just like always pushing you? Like, do it, step up, talk, shake hands, look them in the eye, right? Do the whole, like, mom, uh, though this is like, this is what I picture because that's what happened in Jesus's first miracle. If you recognize that scenario is they go to a wedding and Jesus is like, it's not time yet for me to start this whole process of, of ministry and revealing who I am. But mom, mom pushes the envelope. Have you read that story? Mom pushes the envelope. She goes to him and she goes, yeah, well, do what he says. And so they go to Jesus and they say, well, your mom said, right? And I wonder if James was standing there. I wonder if James wasn't like standing over on the side, just like, oh, here we go again, right? And so to put that into context, when we're thinking about studying his words now, the process for some of you that maybe you've spent a time in your life not believing that Jesus is who people say he is, not, not believing that Jesus is actually God, right? Just like his own brother, to getting to the point where something inside of you says, I, I think this is legit. I, I think Jesus is, is really God. And, and, and so as we dive in, let me just challenge you, continue to read through James. Um, it's so meaty. I really think you could read it every day. And it's about a 20 minute read. It's five chapters. It's quick. Um, but to, to get these words into your head. So we're going to pick up, um, we're going to pick up in chapter three, um, which is, is kind of where we are in this process. And just, we're going to read this whole thing together. Uh, I'll, I'll read it out loud. It says, not many of you should become teachers. Great. That's a great start. Right? <laughs> like that was when I first was reading this chapter prepared for today, it was just like, Really, God, we're going to start with that. Okay. Um, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Yay. And there was much rejoicing, right? Um, but I say that because in all honesty, we really need to be careful about what we teach. Let me say this. Um, because, you're a, because you're not a teacher in a school and because you're not a teacher in a church doesn't mean you're not a teacher. Whenever you open your mouth to try to tell somebody else something, you're acting like a teacher. And the word says you're going to be judged more strictly for doing that. <laughs> so that's not just the title. That's the role when we take the role of teacher, right? Uh, so we got to be careful. So we start off here talking about our words. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault at what they say, catch this, is perfect. If you could control what you say, you would be perfect, is what James says to us. Able to keep their whole body in check. You could keep the whole body in check if you could just keep this in check. Can I get an amen on that one? Right? How many said something stupid this week? Don't elbow each other. All right. Um, to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. It's a small part of the body. I read some 
some facts. Um, ladies, why do you react? I don't know why you react, right? But no, here's what I read. Let me pick on you a little bit. Because let me just say this. When it comes to Mother's Day, we're like, moms, you're awesome. Flowers and chocolates. And Father's Day comes and we give them ties and go, get your crap together, right? So let me pick on the ladies for just a little bit because we do it enough with the guys. Ladies, the research says supposedly um, the average woman's tongue is an inch shorter than the average man's tongue. I think that research is kind of backwards. I'm just saying, right? Like we, we, we struggle with this a little. Anyway, anyway, I'll leave that one alone. Small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Now it gets a little tough. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. Boy, boy, it got real there real quick, right? All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Boy, isn't that the truth, right? Here this morning, and you're worshiping, singing with them, and then you go out there and start driving right? My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? That's a, that's a cool picture. Like I just get this picture of walking up to like a mango tree and there's a bunch of mangoes, but then there's a strawberry on this branch, right? And you just be like, what the heck, right? That, and that's what it's saying. Like that, it, it's just weird, right? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So this, this scripture, I, I want to kind of walk through because, uh, boy, there's a lot. There's a lot for us to consider and to consider. And I don't know if you're like me, but man, there are times in my life when I have said something and as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm just like trying to cram it back in. Come on, anybody else? Right? You're, why, 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 why did I say that? Boy, we can say some of the cruelest things to the people we love the most, right? We react and, and, and we say these words that are just kind of insane. And, and, it, and, and it's so important for us to understand this concept of what James is trying to get about us taming the tongue, about us getting control of the words that we're speaking and, and, and why that is such a big deal. Because I think oftentimes we have a tendency to downplay it. We have a tendency to kind of like, you know, we do the whole six and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Like we've taken that to heart when that's just a lie. That's just, that's just not true. Some of the worst things that have hurt you in your life have not been physical. They've been words that have spoken, right? Some of the pain that I, Mike Matheny, has created in this world is way worse than the things that I've said with my mouth. The, the words that I have let go that I should have never said or that I wounded someone or that type of thing. And so this is what James is imploring us to do is, hey guys, let, let's consider our tongue. Let's consider this, this crazy little tiny thing inside of our mouths, right? I started thinking about different animals um, that have like tongues. And, and uh, a whale has a tongue that weighs the same as my Ford truck. 
And all I could think was, if I struggle, what is it the whale's life like? Like they're offending everyone in the sea. You know, like the dolphin goes by and they just go, your mama, like they just, you know, they can't help it, right? Because this is, this is the issue. But it's not actually the physical tongue that we're talking about here, right? It's, it's actually the heart. It's, it's actually what, what comes out of our soul because, well, hurt people hurt people, right? The reason that you say those things that are so hurtful and so tough to someone is because they hurt you. And so you strike back. Or you respond, or maybe you do it, maybe you're passive aggressive. Where are my passive aggressive people here? No, don't, don't point. Um, but, but the passive aggressive people, um, we have a tendency maybe not to react or say it right there, uh, but you'll get a little dig in later. You'll, you'll get a little something, that, right? And, and all this, and so it's so important for us. And so maybe a prayer, I, I, I'm gonna give you a prayer for you to pray. And I think we all could pray this prayer I don't know, 15, 20 times a day. It's Psalm 141. It says this, help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed, right? I mean, that, that is a prayer that I think every single one of us could go, yeah, I need to pray that. Like, I need to get up in the morning and start, help me, God, keep my mouth shut today, right? Help me to keep my lips sealed because it's so sort of dangerous because the reality is, is the tongue is small, but it's disproportionately powerful, right? It is so small. It is such a minor, when you physically think about the tongue, it's such a minor part of our body. And yet it is so disproportionately powerful in what it says. I can, I can, I can come in this morning and I could go, hey, how are you doing this morning? Man, you look fantastic. Man, I'm so excited to see you. I love you. You're, you're amazing. I could say, what are you doing here? What, what are you wearing? That, like, did you look in the mirror this morning? Do you own a brush? Right? Two, 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 two completely different scenarios, and they create an atmosphere. There's, there, there's power. What we say, it's just, it's disproportional. So let me give you a few thoughts that I think James gives us in this passage that we can kind of like, kind of, we can kind of use to direct ourselves. So, so the tongue, he says, it's a bridle. It's a bridle. That's, that's your fill in there. The tongue is, is a bridle. In other words, if you get this picture of the Kentucky Derby. Anybody watch the Kentucky Derby? You like the Kentucky Derby? Any, any horse people in here? I'm not really a horse person, but you know, everybody kind of watches their checks out the Kentucky Derby. And, and I'm always like drawn to the fact that you have these enormous horses. And I looked it up. They average somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 pounds. So it's this powerful beast. And have you ever seen when they're having a hard time getting one of them in a gate? You know what I mean? Like they can't, because he's so, like he's just losing his mind, ready to go, because that's what he's been promoting. But he, they have to get him in that gate and they have to control him. And what's amazing to me is this huge, powerful, grunting, foaming at the mouth animal is controlled by a, like a little tiny 100 pound jockey. Right? I looked it up. You, they can only weigh, including gear, 126 pounds, I think is the max that they can weigh right? I mean, so you got these little tiny, but even tinier than the person is the bridle, is the, is the bit that goes in the mouth. And so that's, that's what James is trying to give us is this picture is, is that I need you to understand you are powerful. 
You're, you're, you're extremely powerful. Maybe you don't think you are. Maybe you've downplayed that a little bit. But I promise you, I can show you how powerful you are. When you go out to lunch today, say something very kind to your waitress and see if that doesn't hold power. Or, I don't know, test it because you're grumpy and say something ugly and see if you don't have power. Right? The reality is, every single one, we have extreme power. That's what James is trying to like, get to us here is, is for us to understand. You have power, and the power you have is controlled by this little tiny thing. So he says the tongue is like a bridle, right? It's, it's this little five-inch piece that goes in a horse's mouth. It sits there, and that whole thing controls the power. So your words, your tongue, it's extremely Extremely powerful. The next thing he says is, is that the tongue is a rudder. He uses this comparison of the tongue is a rudder. Anybody ever been on a cruise? Anybody ever been on a cruise? All right. Um, I, I've been on a couple of cruises. And then Jen and I actually, when we were missionaries with YWAM, we lived on a, a cruise ship. Right? Yeah, exactly. Y'all are going poor. But it was a cruise ship from the 1920s with no air conditioning. Okay, so you got one picture. I'm giving you the real picture. But we and we were in Africa, right off of the deserts. So it was so pleasant. Um, but but uh, there was 450 missionaries that lived on board of this ancient ship that we lived on, and uh, it was amazing, huge, just amazing ship. They brought people in, and we served community and construction and operations with doctors and all this sort of stuff. And uh, and and it was it was it was amazing. But to think that that big huge thing. 450 people, the power to change lives, construction people, doctors that could literally change people's lives and all, were all being directed by one little thing, by the rudder, right? The only way it was going to get to Africa where it needed to be was that little tiny rudder. And so what James is saying to us is, hey guys, listen to me, your tongue is directional, Your life is where it is because of your and other people's tongues. That's a, that's a tough one to swallow a little bit. But you are where you are today, mostly because of your tongue and other people's tongues. You have a power of direction, parents, in your kids' lives. Some of us were told how terrible we were, and it was directional for our lives. Some of us, I had three women, three crazy women, my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt. They were, they were crazy, uh, amazing women, and they told me that I could do anything I wanted. Now, that was a little overboard, but... What I can say to you is the reason that I'm brave sometimes or have the courage to do is because it goes back to a direction that was pointed in my life because of what was spoken to me. Because three crazy women looked at me and said, you're fantastic, you're amazing, you can do whatever. Right? It was directional. And, and it is so... We've got to grasp this for every part of our life. Listen to me, your marriage is going where it's going because of what you're saying to it. Your, your job is, is, is going where it's going because of the way you're speaking about it or speaking about your boss or speaking about your coworkers, right? Our community, listen to me, 
Our community is going where it's going because of the tongue. Because we have this term that people like to use, sleazeburg. Or how about useless? For Eustace, right? These are, these are words that are spoken. They're directional. They make people's minds go in a certain way. I have been working now with Leesburg High School so much more over the last few weeks as we prep to go there for Easter and do all that. And I need to tell you, there are some amazing things going on at Leesburg High School. There really are. And most of you right now are like, yeah, whatever. And the reason being is because of the tongue. Because we have this amazing writer named Lauren Ritchie uh, who loves to write in the paper how horrible Leesburg is. It's the power of the tongue. It's directional, right? We have, we have different people, and you have probably been guilty of going, Leesburg, Lake County, I'm just trying to get out of Lake County. And, and the reality, listen to me, that's directional. That, that is directing our, our community. It's directing your mindset about your community. It's directing your mindset about how you take care of your things. Because I live here, and everything stinks anyway, so what's the you? Do you see how directional the tongue is? Right? It's, it's powerful, and it's directional. And then he says, the tongue is a spark. It's a spark. In other words, I would say it this way. The tongue is contagious. Right? There's a reason that we say that the five people, that you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. You want to know why you're the average of the five people you hang around the most? Because of their tongue. Because of what they say. Because of how they speak about life, God, politics, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's how they speak about these things, and it becomes contagious, right? You get around positive people, you'll have a tendency to speak more positive. You get around naysayers, you'll get to the point where you're just going, yeah, I know, this is stupid, this and that, and Trump, and blah, 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 right? And it's, it's, it's amazing to me because we don't grasp how contagious it is. You, you, you really don't realize. You, you, you sort of fall into it. But listen, what he's saying to us is it's like a forest fire. It's like a forest fire. That someone speaks a little something and it's a spark. Right? And what happens on a really dry day, on a really hot day in the Ocala National Forest when there's a spark? What have we seen over and over for years now in California when there's a little spark? And the next thing you know, 200,000 acres are burned, right? And the, and the reality is, is for us to grasp, this is what James is trying to get. Hey, guys, hey, guys, whoa, 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 slow down. Because your words are powerful. And, and your words are directional. And your words, well, they're a spark. They're a spark positively or negatively. Right? You can speak something into someone and it start a fire inside of them. You want to know one of the reasons that I'm your pastor today? It's because of a gentleman by the name of Taylor Perez. I haven't talked to Taylor in years and years and years and years. But when I was a senior in high school, I went and was a CIT at our church camp, counselor in training. And Taylor was an older gentleman that was part of the camp there. And he asked me to organize something. And so I went and grabbed the kids, organized them and all. And he went to my mom and said, I see leadership in that kid. I never will forget what I felt like. That was a spark. You understand? 
started a fire inside of me like, okay, is that what I'm supposed to do? God, is that, that's, that's a spark, right? Our words are, are, are a spark and they can be a spark. Sometimes you need to do some controlled burning. Yes. Sometimes that's healthy for the ecosystem for us to do some control burning. So, so we've got to deal with some things. But other times our words are, are so damaging. Some of you sitting here right now, you know, I, we could go around the room and probably take the next several hours sharing words that have been said to you. There was a spark and it started a fire and it burned in a negative way. It burned some things inside of you, right? That, that we've got to address We've got to deal with that reality. But here's what I know we've got to do is we've got to address it within ourselves. Because listen to me, I really want to be a spark in a positive direction and not in a negative direction. How about you? Right? Our words are, are so powerful. Here's, here's another fact that we've got to know, understand about the tongue. Uh, the tongue's been a problem since the day we were born. Let me ask you this, parents. How many of you remember the day that you spent some time and you were trying to train your little one? Right? And so you spent some time. Um, I'm curious how many of you did this. So you spent some time and you looked at your little one. You go, okay, here we go. We're going to learn this new word. You ready? No. Say, say it. No. Nobody trained your child how to say no. They just went no. Right? Nobody. Did you, anybody here, tra- please, did you train your child to say mine? No, not, not one of us. Did you train your child to go to school and go, your mama? Not one of us, right? Listen to me. Our tongues have been a problem since we were children. Why? Because we have a sinful nature, right? There's a sinful nature inside of us. And the reality is, is this has been a problem. So if it's a problem since childhood, if it's something that has power, it's directional and it's contagious, how important is it for you and I to address it in our lives, right? And that's what James is kind of driving home to us is is that we would really deal with this. Now, the next part is hard because the verse goes on and it says this. It says the tongue is humanly untamable. What does that mean? Well, that means you and I can't tame it. But what I need you to hear is it's divinely tameable. The only way for you to deal with your tongue is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not on your own. There is no self-help book. There is no power of positive thinking book. There is nothing that's going to help you to deal with that in a way that's actually going to be sustainable. And what God, until we get to the point where we understand it is not humanly tameable, but it is divinely tameable that God says, come surrender your life to me. And when you surrender your life to me, pray the prayer. What did we say? God, help me to shut my mouth keep my lips sealed, right? God, help me to speak your words, not my words, right? Help me to overcome this sinful nature that wants to say such terrible things. This, this, we are in the craziest time, I think, of the American culture right now, because everybody thinks they have a right to say what they think, right? Well, that's my opinion. You can't tell me that I can't have my opinion. Yes, I can. It's ugly and nasty. That's not good. Right? What, what is it? What is it? And, and, then, and then now we get to social media. And we get this thing called keyboard courage. You ever heard of keyboard courage? Yeah. Something you would never say if you were having to look him in the eye. 
But you're like... <laughs> right? Come on, man. We, we got some crazy strong political views we'll put out there on social media. But if somebody sat down with us, we'd be like, well, um, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. Right? Listen to me. This is not just talking about your physical tongue. This is talking about your thumb tongue. It's talking about your keyboard tongue. Right? The words that you speak can also be on paper or on a computer or on a screen. And the reality is, is the words, our words, listen to me, the words on social media, the words you write in a letter, letters are these, by the way, letters are these things that we used to do on paper. We put it in a mailbox and it actually went to their house. Cool, cool. <laughs> Look it up. But anyway, so <laughs> why do we still have mail and email? That's a whole nother. Anyway, um, but, 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 but listen, to, so even the words that we write are on the screen, although it's not just the words we say, but it's any words that we pass on to someone else, they're still powerful. They're still directional. They're still contagious, right? And so, man, we've got to stop and kind of think because our tongues are twisted. That's, that's what the rest of the verse says. The rest of the verse talks about the scenario where um, how can you have fresh water and salt water coming out of the same well? Our, our tongues are, are twisted. Like they're, <laughs> how do you do that? How do you walk up to the banana tree and there's a strawberry hanging there? You're like, what? This doesn't make any sense. And it's so funny how twisted our tongues can be. Really, it's our hearts because that's where it comes from. But it's amazing that we can be like, oh, praise the Lord. God's good. Everything's going great. Blah, blah, blah. And then somebody goes, do you hear what so-and-so said about you? And you go, excuse me? Where are they at? That's what the verse says, right? The verse is like, one moment you're, you're, you're praising and the next moment you're cursing. And, and then so James is like, whoa, 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 hey guys, stop, 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 stop. stop. Listen, you, you need to get a hold of this thing. You, we, we've got to deal with the fact that, man, we have immense power. We have the immense ability to cause direction in our and other people's lives. And we can be contagious in a positive way if we learn to use this well, right? So let me give you a little practical tomorrow morning kind of some thoughts about maybe how we can kind of deal with this. The, the Psalm 119, it says this, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Maybe that's a verse we should put somewhere this week. Whether it be on our mirror, whether it be in our car, maybe, I don't know, on your, put it on your phone, send it out on social media instead of whatever political rant you were going to send out, right? But God, that, that, that my words would be, and, and notice it says, and the meditations of my heart. What does it mean to meditate? It means to think and think and think and think about something. Let me ask you, what are you thinking and thinking and thinking about? Because it's going to come out, Right? If you're thinking and thinking and thinking about Donald Trump this and down on the wall and well, duh, you're going to get on social media with some keyboard courage and go on a rant. Right? Listen to me. If you're, if you're looking at everything negative about your spouse and that's all you're meditating on and thinking about, well, of course you're going to be ugly and say something ugly to them and start a spark and cause some damage and cause a direction to go in your marriage that I don't think you want to go, right? 
If you're meditating on things that you know are unholy, if you're meditating on things that are not what God would have you met, and you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it. Guys, you see something. And when I say something, I mean her. And you think about it, and you think about it, and you think about it. It's going to come out, right? There's a, there's a control here. God, help me to control my mouth, but also the meditation of, of my heart. What is it that I'm thinking and thinking about? Because it's going to, eventually it's going to explode out of my mouth. And when it does, I don't want it to be as powerful as it is in a negative direction, causing a forest fire in someone else's life or mine, right? So how do we do that? How do we do that? Number one, pause, 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 stop. Because man, when something happens, boy, do we like to react, right? And not all of us react to the same things. You know, some of us, it's the political stuff. Some of us were like, I don't even care. I'm so sick of that junk. But some of you, your, your spouse can push a button or your brother and sister can push a button. I just got an amen on the front row on that one. All right? That person in work can push a button. That neighbor can push a button. I'm so grateful that we have good relationship with our neighbors now. It didn't start so well. They were, anyway, I could tell you a crazy story that it got like real aggressive, weird. And now we've talked and prayed with them and, you know, everything's good now. But come on, we, we, we've got some conflicts going on around us, right? And the first thing that you've got to do is pause. And that is our last thought. Listen to me, the moment you're in crisis, because crisis is anything, but especially when somebody says something to you, does something to whatever, it's crazy because the healthy thing to do is to stop and assess the scenario. That's the healthy thing to do, right? Stop, think through what they're thinking. Why did they react that way? So I challenged the guys in our small group yesterday. We were talking about the reality that women need love and security. That's the basic need of a woman. Big, strong man, put his arm around and say, I got you. I got you, right? And, and, the, and the guy, listen to me, and the guy's main need is respect. So it's completely different, right? And so what happens is over and over again, you see in marriages is you see that the woman comes in and she's concerned, she's upset, she's insecure. And the reason she's feeling insecure, maybe it's finances, maybe she's got mom guilt um, because something's going on with the kids. Maybe um, you're, you, you have been dumb enough to bring up the fact that you're thinking about changing a job. Right? Come on. Uh, whatever it is, she's feeling insecure. So she comes and... Right, one inch a little shorter, my butt. But right? Right? And she comes... Now listen, listen. Here's what I challenged our guys with yesterday. Is we said, guys, in that moment, you can either make it about disrespect or you can make it about security. Here's what I mean. If you'll pause long enough, we can look at her and go, instead of taking what she's saying and going, she's disrespecting me, and an immediate response of a guy is either walk away or fight back, right? But instead, if I'll not make it about the disrespect, if I don't make it about her insecurity, what is it that she's not feeling secure about? How do I help her feel more secure in this moment? See, that's pause, right? Right? That's, that, that's pause. 
Listen to me. There's something more going on. Think about your conflicts this week. Think about the people that that you came face to face with and you had some kind of thing. They ticked you off. They said something, whatever it is. Listen to me. Something is going on in their life. There's a spirit that's driving whatever's going on in their life. And so the only way for us to be healthy is not to respond right away to what somebody says or to react right away to what somebody says, but to pause. Stop, right? James 1 and 19. Listen, this this is right out of what we read just couple weeks ago. So then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift or quick, quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to wrath. What does that say? It says pause, pause, bite your tongue, get yourself some duct tape, whatever you got to do to retrain your brain because you can retrain your behaviors. It's not that hard if you'll just do it, right? You can retrain your brain. Listen to me. Hush. Pause. God, what's, what's really going on here? Help me to deal with my anger, my hurt in the moment, my frustration, whatever it is. Help me to see this for maybe what it is. Then the next thing you have to do is you got to ponder. Pause and ponder, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause. I'm going to make myself not talk at the beginning. And now I'm going to ponder. What does that mean? It means you got to think before you speak, right? Think before you speak. Anybody ever heard that one before? Think before you speak. But let me break it down for you. Here's how to think. Because we say that. My mama said that to me and I didn't know what she was talking about. Just being honest, come on, Michael, think before you speak. I'm like, okay. I mean, like, what, what does that mean? Let me give you some meat. Let's break it down as an acronym. T, here's a question. Is it true? Is what you're about to say really true? Is it really true or did you just hear that? Or do you just think maybe this is what's going, right? Like, stop and ask yourself, H, is it helpful? Come on, somebody. Is this actually going to help the situation? Right? Boy, how often those of us who have the gift of gab, anybody like me and you got the gift of gab? Come on. Come on. Like some of y'all could talk a dog out of a meat truck. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but we just, just shut up. Stop. Stop. Are you helping anything? It's amazing how much we will jump into a conversation and we'll add a story just because we want to be part of the conversation. And did we really need to tell that story? Right? Is, is it helpful? And so we've got to check ourselves in, in like, is this all about me? Is that what's going on here? Right? You know the me monster? The me monster when somebody else is talking and all you're doing is waiting for them to pause? Me! Me! My, my turn! Me! Right? And as soon as they pause, you're like, and we do the one-up game. Anybody ever do the one-up game? Right? The whole story. You ever tell us, somebody tells us, you, you tell some amazing story. Yeah, I was man, I went on a mission trip and God did this and that, blah, blah, blah. And somebody goes, oh, that's nothing. I was blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that's nothing? That really, that's nothing? Right? Listen, listen, hear ourselves, hear ourselves and think through, is it helpful? Am I really helping the situation in this? I, is it inspiring? Your job and my job is to add value to other people's lives. That's our job. 
So is it, in, is it inspiring? Like, is it, is it worth saying because it is inspiring? Now, listen to me. Sometimes discipline needs to happen, and it can be inspiring. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is nothing wrong with do this or I will bust your hiney. That's inspiring, okay? Put into the right context. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? And so that, that includes discipline. Does it inspire us to do things or the people to do things that are healthy around you? In this one's, this one's tough for all of us. Is it necessary? Is it, is it really necessary? Like, is it, is it going to help or is it going to change anything? Do I really need to say this in this moment? And then K, is it kind? Is it, is it kind? The Bible says, if you do not do things in love, you sound like a clanging cymbal. I didn't think about it till yesterday, or I would have gone to the band director and gotten some marching cymbals at this very moment. Man, because what a visual if I could take those cymbals right now and just go wham, wham, wham until your ears were bleeding. Listen to me, because that's what we sound like when we're not doing things in love. That's, that's what we sound like when we're not being kind in our words, right? And listen to me, none of these things, none of these things are predicated on the fact that the other person is doing these things. One of our problems is, is that, that we play, our conversation is like ping pong, right? They hit something, we hit bang, and bang. Right? Like this is our conversation with somebody. And the better their shot, the better our shot's got to be. And listen to me, that's, that's not the point. The, the point is communication, but the point is also that we do it in love, that, that we're kind, that we're inspiring. So James is like, listen, listen, listen. Your words are powerful. They're directional. They can create a spark. Make sure that you're doing those things, right? Number one is pause. Number two is ponder. Number three is Pray. Pray, pray, listen to me before you go into a conflict. Boy, talk to God about your conflict. I have done some really, really lousy conflict in my life. Anybody else? Gotten into a situation. I didn't pause. I didn't ponder. I didn't pray. Right? I just plowed in. We'll keep the peas going because that's a pastor disease. We like everything to start with the same letter. And man, when I look back, it's just like plowing in. But here's, the, here's, here's kind of the illustration I got when I'm thinking about praying. Um, I don't know if you've been to the dentist lately, uh, but like at the dentist, I don't know why the dentist decides like they, they have all these gifts to give you. You've been to the dentist lately? And they like give you a toothbrush and toothpaste and floss and all these kind of things. Well, I got, the last time I went, I got one of these toothbrush and it had all this fancy stuff on it. Like, I don't know, like you could pick a lock with this thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's got little pokey out things and all, but on the one side I had this rough thing and I didn't know what it was. And I just got curious about it. I'm like riding home looking at like, what is that for? Like, is that a nail file? What is that? I looked it up. It was a tongue scraper. That's what it said. It was a tongue scraper. You ever heard of this? Right? Like, Apparently my tongue is so nasty it needs to be scraped, right? Listen to me, that, that's kind of the picture of prayer. Maybe if you take time to ask God, hey God, will you, will you scrape my tongue off? You know all those words that I was just about to say? 
the way that I was just about to say it? Hey, God, would you, would you kind of scrape my tongue off and clean it up to be words that are inspiring and words that are kind and words that are necessary? But it all starts, listen to me, all of this starts back into the heart. Everything's coming out is because of the heart. Everything that, 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 that we're saying that is, that is dangerous or hurtful is because of what's going on in our hearts. And so check out Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Let me stop there. Probably a million times in my life, maybe a quadrillion times in my life, I've reacted to something before I understood the entire situation. Anybody else? Anybody else reacted to something? And then later on, somebody told you, like you, and then they tell you the rest of the story and you go, oh, sorry. Right? That's what this is saying. Whatever's true. So, so let me ask you, that's why you pause. That's why you ponder. Is, is it true? That was T, right? Is this, is this really true? What is truth in this situation? That's, that's what it says. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, I, I, I won't think that's not a word we use a lot in our culture today, but noble means it, 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 has, it has weight to it. There's, there's something regal about it. There's something that is above the average. I don't want to be average. I don't want to be mediocre, right? I, I want to be excellent because God is excellent. I want to be holy because God is holy. Whatever is noble, whatever things are just, in other words, is it right? Is it, is it right? Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Can I challenge you to say this? If you're having a struggle with your tongue, it's because of what you're meditating on in your heart. And oftentimes it's the grudges, right? Somebody said something to you and you remember? And it's, 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 we're meditating on it. But they said this, I should have said that. If I'd have said this, I'd have got him. Right? And so let me, let me challenge you. Let me, let, me, I don't know, let me push a little bit today. What are you meditating on? What are you... What are you going over and over and over and over and over in your head because it's coming out of your mouth whether you realize it or not. And the scripture says here, listen, listen, back to what's true and noble and pure and lovely. That the, 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 the reality that, that the creator of the universe has put you in the United States. Let's just start there. Come on, be thankful somebody. Right? You're sitting in air conditioning right now. I remember doing church in Africa under a bush you know out in the Sahara desert you're not in the desert right now let me think about that God man I'm so grateful Chelsea prayed thank you God that we don't have to worry about being persecuted we're not like shh there might be soldiers coming in right now and that's going on right now in the world right thank you that you grew up in the family you did even as crazy and dysfunctional as they are you're still here you still have made it as far as you are thank God you had clothes this morning I'm thankful y'all had clothes this morning. Y'all only have to look at me. I would have to look at all y'all. You know what I'm saying? 
Right? We're thankful that you have a choice of food today. Thankful for your spouse. Yeah, the one that ticked you off on the way to church this morning. Right? Because they're there and they're trying and they're doing the best they can. Thanks for your, for your kids because God gave them to you. And yes, they're just a mess and you have helped create that mess in them. But they're a joy and you know they're a joy. Thank you, God, for Leesburg. Thank you for Leesburg High School. Thank you for our schools. Because at least we have schools. In other countries, they got to pay to go to school. We don't have to pay to go to school. Right? You hear what I'm saying? When you start meditating on these things and having this attitude of gratitude, and that's what it's talking about, then you're going to speak differently. Then your words are going to bring a direction to your life that is healthier and better for you. Listen to, listen to this last verse, and I'm going to close. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Boy, take that one into your heart and meditate on that one. Because I don't know about you, but when I look back at the old creation that was Mike Matheny, I am so grateful for a new creation. And if you'll just meditate on that reality, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you that you love me enough. Thank you, thank you that you would, you would die for me. Thank you. I know I got all this stuff. I got a list I got to do today. I got schoolwork I need to do, a test this week, and all this sort of stuff. And I'm wondering about a job and this and that. But, 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 but can we just be grateful this morning? Can we just have our heart meditate on the pure, noble, amazing things of who God is so that our words come out differently tomorrow morning on Monday morning? Can I challenge you this week to maybe take a couple of these verses and, you know, put them somewhere? Can I challenge you this week, like tomorrow morning to get up and say, here here are the things I'm grateful for. Here are the things that, I, that I'm thankful for. Can I challenge you to find a friend or somebody that's here and let's text each other great, inspiring words, right? Because your words are powerful. <laughs> your words can change direction. I don't care where your life is right now. You change your heart and start speaking words that are God's words of truth and your entire life can change. And if we do that, We'll start a spark. It becomes contagious, right? When you speak life and when you have joy and when it really is coming out of your heart, God can do an amazing thing and we can change a community and we can change a nation. Yesterday, some of our, our people went to an event that was going on over at Camping World Stadium. It was called The Send. And... Um, and the whole goal, it was amazing because there was all different kinds of denominations, all different types of people. So it was, it's awesome because I've already heard stories about like the Pentecostals running over and praying over somebody who's not and them kind of being like, okay, whatever. But they still worship together, right? It was phenomenal. Like, how cool is that? But the whole goal of this thing, the whole goal of this thing is it was a spark. Like that's the point in our word. Like they wanted to create a spark of the church being the church and loving on people. And I think as I was thinking about this message from James today, I was thinking that's really where it's going to start for each one of us. Like we, we pray for revival, like God, 
Bring revival to our area. Bring revival to Leesburg. Bring revival to Lake County, Central Florida, and beyond. God, we want revival. And what James is saying is, hey, you know what you should do? You should draw a circle, step into that circle and say, hey, God, start revival within this circle. Right here. Because if I have some revival in my heart, if I start meditating on God's truth and his reality, I'm going to start speaking his truth and reality. And when I start speaking his truth and reality, you're going to see powerful things happen. You're going to see directions change and a spark is going to happen uh, that causes something different in my life and in the life around me. Let's pray and ask God to help us in this process of taming our tongues. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. I'm grateful for James's letter to us. And um, help us, God. We, we read it and, and we submit to the reality that our tongue, we can't tame it. It's, it's not humanly tameable. So we have to surrender our lives to you. So we choose again today. We re-surrender. We recommit, God. Places in our heart, places in our lives where we've, grown, grown, we've crawled back up on the throne and made ourselves in charge. We humble ourselves again and we ask you to come in and take your rightful place. Take the throne in our hearts. And God, for those of us who have had just horrific words spoken over us, will you begin to heal and bring freedom? Would you, would you help us to overcome those things? Would you help us not to bring generational curses by taking words that were spoken to us and speaking them to the next generation? God, that we could be a light, that we could be a spark as you've called us to be. Help us this week to tame our tongue. For your glory, we ask it. And while we're still praying, there may be some of you here that maybe you never have surrendered your heart to Jesus. We just kind of talked about that a second ago. And you, you've never actually taken had a day where you said, I need to actually surrender my life to Jesus. And he has an amazing plan and a purpose for your life. Something he created before you were even formed, the Bible says. He knew what you were created for. And all you have to do is surrender your heart to him. And so I'm going to pray a prayer with you of surrender. And if that's you today, you'd pray something like this. Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come in my life and not only help tame my tongue, but transform my entire life. God, would you help me to be who you've created to be, me to be, and overcome the things of this world? We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. If you would, take your Connect card that's in the experience guide there. Uh, several different things you may do with it. One, if you're a first-time guest, put your name, phone, and email on there. That's all we ask from you. We'd appreciate knowing that you're here. And uh, we're really glad you're here. If you have made a decision today to follow Jesus for the very first time, you can mark that. I followed, I've decided to follow Jesus, and you can circle that or recommit your life. Um, and then, of course, there's a place on the back for prayer requests. Uh, really excited to tell you, uh, because of our growth, uh, we are sort of outgrowing areas and things of our, um, uh, 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 of our ability. Tuesday, we had staff meeting, and we were all crammed up back into these little offices. So the, the elders uh, have been working on it for a while. Uh, but just so you know, we have moved into brand new office space for the church. So we're really excited about that. And I bring that up to you because our prayer team will be praying over your prayer requests for the very first time in our new, uh, what I'm calling the war, the war room. 
And um, it's our conference room, and it's going to be a place of prayer uh, and worship. And so we'll get the information out to you to let you know where it is. Uh, but you are welcome to come by our new administrative offices uh, that are right over on South Street, not far from here. Uh, but write your prayer request on the back, and the prayer team will be praying this Tuesday uh, in our new offices over your prayer request. So as the ushers come to receive our tithes and offerings, you can drop those in the bucket.